Well, we have reached the day. We are ready to go for the 2023 NCAA Final Four in Houston, Texas. The stars at night are big and bright deep in the heart of Texas, and that's where we are in H-Town, the space city for San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, followed by Miami and UConn in the night cap of two games. Winners to meet Monday night for the national championship. You are locked in on the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. We are in Houston and ready to go uh, with everything that's going to happen here this weekend. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. I've enlisted the help of one Tyler Jones of the Jones Report and also of Chat Sports. And he's an analyst uh, with me all the time uh, throughout college basketball seasons at the Final Four. Good to be with you, my friend. We've been soaking in a lot of this over the last day or so, and we're now to Final Four Saturday. How you feeling? You ready to go? TJ, uh, I'm so thrilled to be here. Second Final Four for me, first time here at a Final Four in Houston, and what a scene that we have here of four really good teams that have had totally different paths to get to this point here and to be playing for a national championship. The four teams we all expected to be here, obviously, <laughs> uh, to be competing for this national championship, but I got to tell you, going into today of seeing these two matchups, it's the great unknown, right? You don't, I don't feel like everyone knows for certain what's going to happen, which makes this event so great. What makes the NCAA tournament so special is that, you know, March Madness, anything can happen. And I mean, even a team like FAU, who's the lowest seed left at this point, could they walk away as national champions? Absolutely, they could. That's how good this tournament is and what makes this thing so special. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to soak all of this in. By the way, I should mention, thank you for finding us, whether you found us on the TuneIn streaming channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast under TuneIn Premium. We're also in podcast form. Get us anytime on demand, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. And thanks to The Last Word on Sports, lastwordonsports.com, for helping promote us as well as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast. So we're here and we will be here, by the way, after the championships. Well, after the championship game, but after the semifinal games coming up uh, tonight, we'll have a post-game wrap-up show. You and I will be part of that. Whomever comes out on top, out of the Aztecs, the Owls, the Hurricanes, and the Huskies, we'll talk all about it. What happened inside of NRG Stadium, the home of the Houston Texans, and the home of the Final Four this weekend? We'll talk about that tonight, late night into Sunday. We're back with more programming throughout the weekend. You don't have to worry about anything if you're following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, or any of those. All right, so one more about the ambiance around here. As I just mentioned, football stadium, you and I were there for part of the open to the public practices. We got there for the end of the Miami and UConn practices yesterday, open to the public, fans there. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a really cool interview coming in just a second with somebody we ran into on Friday that's here on behalf of San Diego State. I'll tease it that way, and he's a tremendous story, so stand by for that in a second. But please let the listeners, let the audience, let the fans know uh, what did you see? What did you sense around the stadium as Friday afternoon became Friday night and we now build up to the semifinal Saturday? Tyler. Man, uh, just being around uh, basketball fans that are here, you know, with not having an established team that owns this market or represents this state. I mean, you're getting the diehard of fans here that want to be uh, here to see championship basketball. Yesterday, we saw the open practices and uh, everybody that turned out, you know, you, one minute you're walking by Charles Davis from, from CBS or another minute we see Jerry Palm, you know, walking by. I mean, Grand it, Hill. Grand Hill, uh, Bill Raftery, you know, uh, just awesome to see everybody. It feels like, uh, 
like a convention of some sorts. And, you know, speaking of which coaches conventions in town too, um, you know, so much going on. You've got the music festival. Megan uh, Stallion was performing last night. Uh, you still had the Rockets and Astros opening day and all that. I mean, so much going on. It feels like it's the center of the sports universe here at Houston. And and I know that there's been a lot of focus on, well, you know, the, the tickets are so much more expensive for the women's Final Four compared to the men's Final Four. Well, uh, I mean, it it still feels like up to the moment here that, that there hasn't been a letdown of some sorts here. And, and the important thing, and by the way, the women's Final Four, phenomenal in Dallas, about three and a half hours to the north, depending on how fast you drive. Tyler can make the drive in about three, depending, yes. give or take, because he's got NASCAR background. But uh, the women's Final Four, fantastic with what we saw Friday night with Caitlin Clark and Iowa upsetting unbeaten defending champion South Carolina. So that's amazing. But we got to keep in perspective. I mean, this is not a knock, but this is the comparison. That's in a basketball arena where there's 18 thousand seats this is an nfl football stadium that has seventy thousand plus seats for tonight and it it may not be full but it's going to easily have 50 55 thousand or more that are in it and it is some scene tyler they went to this stadium thing uh for the full football stadiums not just part of it with part of it blocked off with curtains and temporary stands they went to this full stadium thing over a decade ago uh using ones like this or the superdome in new orleans or uh, what's now lucas oil Stadium in Indianapolis so many years it was the RCA Dome and they move it all around there, there is going to be no shortage of 50, 55, 60,000 people. It is some scene to be at this event uh, for later on tonight. So, Tyler, stand by. You and I are going to get some game breakdown coming up. But I want to go back to a conversation. You never know who you're going to run into at the Final Four. Like Tyler was mentioning, uh, coaches, celebrities. Like I said, we haven't seen Samuel L. Jackson, Jennifer Garner, Spike Lee from the Capital One commercials yet. No Lily from AT&T yet. That may be later in the day. But you got other celebrities that are going around. Uh, Tyler and I were actually on our way to NRG Stadium Friday and we ran into somebody and I recognized him immediately who's an amazing story. This individual has uh, gotten national if not worldwide attention for being a football coach with a supposed disability that is not a disability uh, for him. This is someone with no arms, no legs as you visualize this, but is a successful Southern California football coach. So he's been recognized for that. But he's also a huge San Diego State fan. Yes. He's from Southern California, and we're going to hear his story right now as we ran into him at the Final Four here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Okay, this is one of the cool things about being at events like this, Tyler Jones. We are coming out to the practices on Friday, the Open to the Public workouts. And little do we know on public transportation that we run into royalty. The Jimmy V Perseverance Award winner from the ESPY Awards is Rob Mendez, who's an amazing story. And he's on the ride with us in San Diego State Garb. And I said to you, we got to go meet Rob. Yeah, just incredible how that all worked out right. And Rob is with us here at the Final Four. And Rob, uh, big deal for you to have your San Diego State Aztecs here. Hey, you know what? This is going to be my first Final Four game as well as the Aztecs. We're all excited. Uh, I'm here representing the whole city. I think it's great for the whole city that, uh, you know, the Aztecs. Let's be honest, back in 2020, we had a great squad. Uh, San Diego State was robbed that year of, of the COVID. And here we are coming back. And uh, you know what the best part is? San Diego State is an exciting team to watch. I mean, that defense is incredible. Don't you agree? 
I absolutely agree. Uh, and this is going to be a lot of fun for that reason. Now, the fans, I probably didn't do an adequate job of, of explaining this. The fans need to understand as we talk with Rob here, because it's a radio medium, uh, Rob is without arms, without legs, yep. but that's no disability. Uh, you have never let that stop you. And you've raised uh, awareness for not only your situation, but you've risen to heights as a football coach. And that's where ESPN kind of caught on to your story. You've been coaching football for a long time, though. Yeah, I'm actually going into my 18th season. Um, ESPN uh, actually heard about the story back in 2018, and they covered my first year as a head coach. I got lucky with a good group of kids, um, and we went all the way to the finals. We, we lost, unfortunately, 3-0, to zero, but, you know, it, I was just blessed to, to be able to share my story about persevering through challenges and, and also showing what is possible when we focus on what we're able to do instead of what we're not. And I, I like to think of the disability as a different ability. So here I am, you know, cheering uh, San Diego State in Houston, which I never would have thought would be possible. Ironically, this is how the dominoes fall, and, uh, and uh, I'm just happy to meet you as well. Just we ran into Rob, and I said we got to go talk to this guy. All right, so tell me about the book, yeah, which yeah. is out. Promote the book and and the inspiration that you are to so many. Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, wrote my autobiography called "Who Says I Can't: The Astonishing Story of a Fearless Life." But uh, you know, I was writing, reading um, back on it probably for the 10th time, I must say, but, you know, I was reading back on it and uh, it brought a lot of good memories for, you know, people that were along the way that helped me get here. And, you know, first my intent, my motive was to write it for people to really persevere through whatever they're going through and, and chase their dreams and be happy ultimately within their own abilities. But then I started realizing that this book is a lot also to appreciate and look back on who has helped us get where we're at. And, uh, you know, relationships is everything along the way. And, and uh, this journey has been amazing. And I'm very grateful to be able to be an author now. And, and uh, yeah, you can find my book on Instagram. It's in my bio if you'd like a signed copy for myself. Or you can always find it on Amazon as well. What inspires you to be where you're at now and to, to keep that drive going? Is it, is it family? Is it uh, something in, with your faith? Whatever it may be. What, what keeps you motivated to, to be who you are today? Love of sports has got to be up there as well. Yeah, love is everything, but you're right. Love of sports is where it all started with me uh, being here. But I think if we were to all, we're all be honest, I think family is everything, right? I mean, yeah. I always uh, reflect on why I'm in San Diego. I do miss my, my friends and my family. But um, I think it's just, like you said, faith and family is everything. And I got a big picture in my kitchen that says faith, family, and football. Uh, <laughs> those three things are very important to me. And I'm just very uh, grateful for every day that's given to me and, and my independence. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because football, obviously the biggest event is the Super Bowl. The college football has the playoff. And if I'm understanding correctly, you've not been part of a Final Four before. This is some scene where basketball comes into a football stadium like here in Houston. Uh, how do you think San Diego State will handle it? And Florida Atlantic's got the same challenge, too, where they're going to walk in and there's going to be 75,000 people, Rob, and you're trying not to panic. As it, put your coach's hat on. you got to keep them all focused. The players have already shown, you know, on big platforms they've performed. Uh, they've beat Creighton. They've beaten, uh, you know, going back like what we were talking about, Charleston. That was a nail-biter as well. Uh, I don't think they pay attention to the distractions. I see the kids really, or the students, I should say, uh, the young men out there fighting. They're diving for balls, swatting, swatting balls. 
my favorite part about San Diego State basketball is their heart and their uh, camaraderie. And uh, I think they're an old team, right? They got some seniors on there. But I'm actually excited that Miami won, or I was happy that Miami won because I figured that te Texas would take over if UT was going to be a part of the Final Four. But we got a good crowd, too. Uh, so San Diego has kind of rallied together. I saw a bus uh, here in downtown of San Diego State fans. So we're here as well. We can't wait to see what happens tomorrow, and hopefully we'll be in the game on Monday. And repeat this because we don't know this answer. How much does San Diego care? How much does Southern California care? Give us an idea. Give us a... Uh, a vibe on how much does Southern California and San Diego care, do you think, about the run the Aztecs have made? San Diego has been wanting a championship for a long time. I mean, last year I was at the Padres games and uh, going into the playoffs, those fans were diehard fans. And, you know, they're actually really just uh, all about their sports. Unfortunately, the Chargers left and um, some of the fans have stuck, stuck with the L.A. Chargers. But I think San Diego State is a staple of, this, of the whole city. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of great athletes that have gone through there. Um, but San Diego State football, basketball, baseball, cheer, I think the Aztecs represent almost the whole area, the whole county of San Diego. And I think that um, it's just great for them to be a part of the Final Four. And uh, hopefully uh, San Diego State beats FAU. <laughs> Let's hope so. Rob. Let's go Aztecs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tyler, anything else for Rob? Yeah, Rob, uh, as a San Diego State uh, fan and, and someone that goes there and everything, what's uh, kind of the buzz as far as uh, – trying to impress for to get into the Pac-12 with that fraught. Uh, people pretty excited about, you know, trying to make that push to get the Pac-12 conference? Yeah, I think that anytime that you're pushing for growth, I mean, that's always a good thing. But uh, moving from the, what, the Mountain West to the Pac-12 would be a big, huge step. And uh, we'll see what happens. That should happen, what, within the next couple of years? I think it's possibly, yes. They got the comp they got the uh, athletes for it, and um, San Diego State football keeps on getting better and better. So we'll see what happens. But I would be very happy if they made it to the Pac-12. All right, one more time, Rob Mendez is with us. Promote the book and encourage people once more because you are the epitome of this. You don't want to hear that you can't do something ever, right? Yep. It's Who says we can't? Nobody. Yeah. I love that. Rob, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go Aztecs. The conversation shall continue in a couple of moments. First, let's tell you about our friends at BetUS who want to give you, yes, you, a $50 free bet this weekend for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight by using their online service. They're America's favorite sports book, and you want to take advantage of this offer. Get a free bet with our promo code BRACKET23. BRACKET23 gets you a free $50 bet for the NCAA tournament. You can really use it on anything you want, but why would you not use it on March Madness with all these Sweet 16 games, whether it's Alabama and San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, Xavier, Texas, Gonzaga, UCLA, UConn, Arkansas, on and on. A free $50 bet awaits you at BetUS. They've got outstanding coverage of all of the sports. They've been America's favorite sports book for going on 30 years. You bet you win. You get paid with BetUS. Free bet awaits you. Use our promo code BRACKET23 for that free bet. BRACKET23 gets you a free $50 bet for the March Madness coverage with BetUS. Can't say enough. We did that interview on Friday. That made my weekend. I'm not over-exaggerating. Yeah. How cool it was to be around Rob Mendez. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't know much about his story going into this weekend, but talking to him of him, you know, and you heard it in that interview, not making excuses for himself, not asking anybody to feel bad for him or anything like that, but 
the way that he was, he's just so grateful to live every single day, the way that he goes about things. And, you know, we, we happened to see him, I think we mentioned in the interview, just on the, the tram ride yes. to the arena. And, you know, he was just going there like anyone else. He wasn't, you know, on, you know, getting shuttle service or anything like that. You know, I mean, he was just making his way on public transportation. You're just trying to live as normal of a life as possible. And so I, I applaud him for not only the, the courage uh, that he has, but uh, for how he goes about every day, just living and making the most of what he has. I mean, he's a true inspiration for everybody. Again, grab that book. Rob Mendez is his name. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a true inspirational story. And he is again here because the San Diego media is interested. They've come all the way from the West Coast to Houston. Uh, and he's a San Diego or Southern California guy that's in that market. And he had that Aztecs hat on. And we'll see what the Aztecs can do with Florida Atlantic. And again, Miami and UConn are the other people that are involved. All right, we continue on college basketball coast-to-coast here from Houston. Tyler and I are back with a full breakdown. A reminder, again, tonight, Saturday night, when everything is over, recap of whatever happens coming on college basketball coast-to-coast in podcast form on the TuneIn Live channel. We look forward to that coming up as well. Let's continue here. Let's get a little handicapping insight uh, here uh, from Brian Edwards. Uh, Brian does a great job with MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Brian's got some handicapping for the two underdogs, Florida Atlantic, the underdog with San Diego State, Miami, the underdog with UConn. He's got an opinion and a take on both of those underdogs. Let's hear some of that conversation right now as part of the preview of these national semifinal games. So you've already teased that you like Florida Atlantic, Dusty May's team, as the underdog. What leads you to that, including what numbers lead you to that? Just curious. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, Memphis was horribly underseeded, was much better than an eight seed. And FAU found a way, you know, to get that W. Now they did catch a break with no Purdue uh, in the round of 32. But, man, Tennessee had just been so impressive against Duke. And they handled Tennessee. Kansas State had been so impressive all year. They did catch a break with Keontae's foul trouble. But, um, man, I've just been just thoroughly impressed with FAU. I hadn't watched them a lot this year. I watched them beat my Gators, you know, way back. I, mean, I want to say right. that's still November. But, um, man, I, I like the big guy. I like their guards. They, they got playmakers. They got shooters. They got size. They got a really good coach. I mean, I've known Dusty May. He was Mike White's top assistant for years at Florida. And I just – um. I just think FAU is going to have more offense. Now, San Diego State, I respect their defense, but I just think FAU's got too much offense for them, and I like FAU to win outright. Let me just add that this is like the exact matchup they have with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee and San Diego State are extremely similar, and they want to boggy down. They want to be physical and play good D. And But I think Tennessee does it a little better than San Diego State. So this is kind of the same matchup. That's what gives me confidence in FAU having – uh, taking on Tennessee and beat. On to semifinal number two, uh, the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, again, great job beating the one seed Houston, beating the two seed Texas. You're sniffing around as an underdog. The first question to you, we're doing this midweek, releasing it on Three Dog Thursday. Are you surprised that that line opened at five and a half and it's basically stayed there? There was some thought that money would come in on Miami and it might become like four and a half or four. It hasn't done that yet. What about that number? Did you have that number at about five and a half, five or five and a half yourself when the matchup was formed, UConn and Miami? 
I made it four and a half. Um, but I, I mean, you know, it's pretty, pretty close, pretty good, pretty good number. Um, so, and here's a great stat and, and I've been, you know, regurgitating Miami's underdog stats all year. They're now nine and one ATS with seven outright wins in 10 games as an underdog. But the other day I went back and I, cause I remembered how good they were as an underdog last year, went back and, you know, added that all together. And then I went back to the year before and then, listen to this Miami's last 31 games as an underdog. I believe it's dating to February 27th of, of 21, if I'm not mistaken, they are 26, four and one against the spread with 18 outright wins. Their last 31 is a dog. Now with that said, wow. I, yeah. Right. I'm not going to have a lot on Miami, but I'm going to be looking to have a lot on them. If UConn gets out to an early lead and I can get a live, go ahead. What are you Again, ask? 31 in the sample size, 26 covers and 18 outright wins by your calculations. It's close. If that's not at 100% accurate, that, that is amazing as an underdog. That is incredible. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, over a 31 game stretch, I don't know that I've ever seen something that, that, that impressive. Um, but so, so what I was saying, it's not a big look. I'm not, I don't like anybody like in a hurry to go against UConn or Miami right now. It's insane. Both are playing so good. But so I'm going to have a little bit on Miami plus the five and a half. But if UConn gets out to a lead and on the end game live line, whatever you want to call it, if, if UConn's got like a six, seven point lead and I can get Miami plus 10, now mm. I'll start to be looking to get more aggressive because you know the back door will be open. We've seen them. I mean, whether they're down by 13 or so, yes, you know, mid midish second half the other day, they're down by eight to Drake with less than five minutes left. Um, they've been able to turn it up at crunch time. And uh, look, they got a lot of shooters. But UConn's so good when they're on, but Miami's got a shot in this one for sure. Again, love Brian Edwards' insight. That's off the Three Dog Thursday podcast, brother podcast here that is part of uh, of what I do, giving some insight and, and analysis on the chances of Florida Atlantic and Miami. I call Tyler Jones back in for some breakdown. Real quick, Brian's stat is tremendous, and it's growing on me that since February of 2021, so now roughly, what is that, 25-month sample through this March, Miami in their last 32 games as an underdog is 26-5-1. And, and they have 18 outright wins as the underdog. They have three straight outright wins in this NCAA tournament as an underdog against Indiana, Houston, and Texas. Maybe we're making too much of that trend, uh, but that, it's just interesting on that. All right, so we'll talk chronologically about Miami and UConn second. Let's start with the game up first. San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. This one just after 6 Eastern time, 5 local time, uh, 3 o'clock in San Diego. I'm not sure what time that is in Guam or on Pluto, but everybody <laughs> adjust your time zone. Tyler Jones, analyst hat time for you. What does FAU and San Diego State come down to in your mind in the first semifinal game? Well, I start with FAU and look at uh, John L. Davis, uh, averaging close to 14 points a game. What is he going to do? What, 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 when we talk about these... You know, big-time games, we always say, you know, big-time players make big-time plays and big-time moments. Everybody knows the cliche. John L. Davis averaged 14 points a game. Um, can he take himself up another notch? Could this turn into a 20-plus point performance? Can he take over? We talked at the top, you know, Caitlin Clark taking over for Iowa the other night uh, in their win. Who is going to be that guy to step up? And I'm looking for John L. Davis for me 
what type of performance can he bring to the table for FAU? Um, and if he can take that next step up, I mean, watch out to me. That is very intriguing to see what he could do. You compare that to the San Diego State side, those those guys play more collective team basketball here um, and are so good defensively. It feels like to me that whether it's Davis or somebody else is going to have to have that superior performance to overcome that tough defense of San Diego State. And again, uh, for Florida Atlantic, a team that has won 35 games, ranked in the top 25. Tyler had never been ranked in the top 25 ever as a program. Ranked in the top 25. Win the regular season of Conference USA, which, by the way, turns out to be a really good conference with with the the win by North Texas over UAB, two other Conference USA members in the NIT. Charlotte wins the CBI basketball tournament. So Conference USA turns out to be a pretty good league for what it's worth. And Florida Atlantic ran through this league, won the regular season, won the conference tournament. Now they have come in and won three significant games, i got to say it one more time, against my Memphis Tigers and then against Tennessee and against Kansas State. This is, uh, this is no joke. Just say it one more time. Then we're going to talk about the Aztecs. This is no joke what Florida Atlantic has done. They've yeah. got some size. They've got some guard play. At this point, you're not accidentally in the Final Four. No, not at all. And you know they, they ended up as a nine seed. They were borderline top 25 team for most of the year. But as a result of their schedule that was soft you know they didn't play much in the non-con and conference usa of course was the league they played in to get that nine seed uh but that doesn't deny the talent how good they actually are this year not saying the committee got it wrong their job was to look at resume um but here they are i mean this is a a very well talented team that's putting together the right time when i look at the other side for san diego state matt bradley i find a very fascinating case study here because here's a guy that averaged 13 points a game, the leading score for San Diego State this season. But in the last two games, he's had a total of just eight points. That's been it. And so we talked about with Davis and FAU, I feel like he needs to have a big game. San Diego State has already proven we don't have to have a guy take over a game. We can win as a team. And that's that's tough to game plan for because you have to account for we have to shut everybody down. And still, what if uh, what if he comes back and still has that big day? Well, and they've got a couple of other scores, but nobody is spectacular. There's not there's right. not uh, the the uh, 25 30 point score you don't think on San Diego State. Uh, again, they've and won Trimble's it. Which has been pretty decent, you know, the last couple of games. He had 21 against Alabama, had 12 uh, in the last matchup too. So he's going to be somebody to watch. But yeah, it's it's a very good point. They beat you by grinding you. They beat you by keeping you down below 70 points. When they keep an opponent down below 70, they're 25 and two, and it says two things. They have been phenomenal at winning those games, but that means that roughly 80% of their games, the opponent can't get to 70 points. This is how they play. This is how they want to win uh, today. And you go back to the two wins over Alabama and over Creighton, especially down the stretch. Final 12 minutes, final eight minutes. Those teams could not score against San Diego State. And they're they're used to playing that way. I feel like, DJ, that FAU is going to want to make this a high-scoring game. San Diego State's want to keep this low scoring, control the tempo, control the pace. Uh, how, how the pace of play goes, I think, determines the outcome of this ball. And free throw shooting may be big, too. San Diego State has made some huge free throws at the end of their opening game with Charleston. They made some more at the end of the Creighton game to help them win. Do they hit the free throws or not, and what's a close game? And could we get Florida Atlantic in the title game, or is it going to be San Diego State? Which, one more time, 
uh, before we move on here to Miami and UConn. San Diego State, top 25 team themselves, won the Mountain West, a four-bid league. They won the regular season conference title. They won the conference tournament. They've had a little chip on their shoulder. Let's see what it looks like for San Diego State and for Florida Atlantic. All right, game two, remaining moments here on college basketball, coast to coast. Again, a full recap after this is over with Miami and UConn. What does this come down to? UConn's beaten everybody by 15 or more. Their first four tournament wins, including blasting Gonzaga in the West Regional Final. Miami, meantime, all they did was beat the one seed Houston and the two seed Texas. Impressive fashion, scored more than 80 points in both games in Kansas City. What does Miami-UConn come down to in game two, Tyler? Both these teams uh, want to score. Uh, feels like first to 80 wins, uh, I, I would say. You know, both these teams, very high-powered, prolific offenses that want to put up points. Uh, you look at, you know, UConn, I think, is the best team coming into this weekend of those remaining. And, you know, they're they're so athletic at every spot. To me, that's going to be very intriguing to see what can Miami do to defend against UConn's athleticism. I mean, uh, you know, what we've seen from uh, – Sonogo uh, with averaging 17 points, seven and a half rebounds. That's a problem. I think that's not a good matchup for the Hurricanes. Well, and again, they uh, they have made three-point shots. They have been electric shooting the three, whether they were in Albany, New York, or moving all the way out to Las Vegas. Will that translate at NRG Stadium? What about Jim Laranega in Miami? We've talked so much in the buildup. 17 years after he got George Mason in the Final Four as a first-time team, by the way, beating UConn in the Elite Eight, he gets back to the Final Four, first time ever for Miami, and UConn is in the way. What about the Miami Hurricanes, who, again, were very impressive. Again, as, as impressive as anything is they came back on Texas down 13 yeah. last Sunday night without making a three-point shot. They right. can beat you in different ways, Tyler. So, again, in a minute or so, size up Miami's chances and how they get it done if they get it done. The thing that makes Miami dangerous is that they have multiple scores. Four players averaging 13 points or more this season. Wong is good. Miller, Pack. I mean, yet you have to take into account how many guys to defend there. And that uh, makes them dangerous for anybody to go through. And you mentioned the way that they can score from whatever. They can be the three-point shooting team, but they can also beat you inside too. Omer with uh, 10 rebounds and what he's done as well with close to you know 13 points a game uh watch out should be exciting he's, he's the big real quick answer he's the biggest key don't get in foul trouble which yes. he's been if he's in foul trouble that's bad because UConn's got twin towers he's got to stay out of foul trouble he does there. and UConn's got a bit of a size advantage too so that's something to keep in mind as well all right so we're coming to the end of this preview we're headed to NRG Stadium coming up do you have a final thought or prediction are we going to get the Beach Armageddon championship game Florida Atlantic Miami or what combination do you like when this is all said and done I think FAU finds a way to get by San Diego State. Wow. And I like UConn over Miami. I like UConn and FAU for the national championship of uh, the past and the future American Athletic Conference members. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. I like UConn in this game with Miami. As much as I want Laranega and for our guy Ari Russell and, and everybody else that I know that's from the University of Miami or around there, I think this is ultimately going to be UConn. And I like San Diego State with the defense. I think the run ends for Florida Atlantic. San Diego State squeezes them off. And we get a little West Coast versus Northeast. We get a little Big East versus Mountain West. Tyler, great stuff. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you after the game. Looking forward to it, TJ. It'll be a lot of fun. Again, we'll be back with college basketball coast to coast with a full recap after this is done on Saturday night, whatever happens with San Diego State 
and Florida Atlantic, UConn, and Miami. For now, we're good. Follow or subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. It's college basketball coast to coast.